Good morning and happy Thanksgiving. It's funny. Okay. The first thought actually came to mind was Easter for some reason. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, you might have it open already to Psalm 100. It's great to have that song there as a way to remember Scripture, as a way to memorize Scripture. A lot of times it's good to have your own song. And a couple of um, women in our branch actually made up a song for one of the passages we're trying to memorize. So that was really great. The title of today's Thanksgiving Sunday sermon is Our Expressions of Thanks to the Lord. What comes to mind when you think of giving thanks? For me, I think of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, where it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And then especially verse 18, where it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. From verse 18, I think of trying to develop and having an attitude of gratitude, trying to be aware of being grateful throughout the day, trying to be thankful not only for the big and major things that happen in the day, but also for the small and little things as well, not taking anything for granted that happens. If anything, that no matter what I'm going through, through the good times and through difficult times, I know that I can be thankful that the Lord is with me in each and every situation. Something that I shared before in the past I want to share again is that one of the things that my wife Carol and I try to do before we go to bed at night is we ask each other this question. We ask each other, what are you thankful for? And then we spend some time sharing one or more things about whatever we're thankful for that happened in that day. Now what we share might be spiritual kind of things, like thanking the Lord for the opportunity maybe to pray for a neighbor or an answer to prayer. But what we uh, share might not necessarily be spiritual, such as thanking the Lord for being able to buy something at a really good discounted price. There's a great sale going on. Thank you, Jesus. Or even someone the other day making us a delicious homemade flan. Thank you, Lord, for that as well. That was great. It was very good. It might be something big and significant, something maybe that involves ourselves personally or our family, friends, work, church, school, or maybe something else. What we share and give thanks for might also be something small. And even though it's small, it might still be important to us, such as uh, the other day I said, I'm thankful for my dog who excitedly came and greeted me when I got home. Those of, you, those of you who have dogs know what a, a joy that is for being greeted like that when we come home. So we might be thankful for something big or something small, for something personal or about someone else. But whatever it is, we're recognizing what happened and being thankful for that. So my wife and I, in, in doing this, and I hope our church family too would do this, in, we're trying to live out 1 Thessalonians 5.18 trying to do what God says as part of his will. You know, we, we, a lot of times I know I'd ask, Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my life? This passage says God's will for our lives. One of the things he wants us to do is to give thanks in everything. So I'm mentioning this, and I hope that our, our church family we can do this so that we can develop this 
attitude of gratitude. We could follow God's will for our lives in giving thanks. But a few weeks ago, Pastor Rocky asked me um, to preach on this Thanksgiving Sunday. So I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? What scripture do you want me to focus on? Besides 1 Thessalonians 5, I started to think about different verses about thanks. And what I did also, I went to BibleGateway.com. BibleGateway.com. In the, in, the in the search box, I put in thanks. And I just started reading a bunch of different verses on thanks. When I got to Psalm 100, I noticed that it said, Psalm 100, a psalm or song of thanksgiving. And next to the word thanksgiving, there was a little small letter A or something like that that was a reference letter. And it said thanksgiving could also mean an offering of thanks, an offering of thanks. And that caught my attention because I knew that the Sunday before Thanksgiving Sunday, the day I was supposed to give the message, we were having our first, first fruit Sunday where we were offering to the Lord a special offering of our finances to him. So I thought, how interesting that would be. One week, we're giving an offering of our finances, and then the following Sunday, we're giving an offering of our thanks to God. So giving offering to God, whether it's finances or thanks, is an act of gratitude and worship to him. But what does an offering of thanks look like? It could look like what I mentioned before about just looking back on the day and giving thanks to the Lord for something big or small that happened and being thankful to him for, for that. But as I looked at Psalm 100, the song of thanks, I saw that giving thanks could be much more than that. In some ways, just as the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 can be used as like a template or a guide to pray, in how to pray, Psalm 100 can almost be like a template, a guide to giving thanks to the Lord. So we're going to look at Psalm 100 and see what it says about how we can express our thanks to the Lord. As we read Psalm 100, I want you to notice, uh, just notice, what, what do you notice? What stands out? What kind of patterns do you see? So let's stand. And we're going to do something a little different. Usually the pastor reads the passage, but it's going to be on the screen. And I want, us to I want us to read this together because I'm hoping that this will become a practice on our own, that we're going to read through this psalm and we're going to praise or we're going to say our own thanks to the Lord besides just reading through what the passage says. So let's read Psalm 100 together. Okay. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this psalm. We pray, God, that you will teach us what it means to give thanks to you. And Lord, I pray that um, 
Lord, this message will just draw us closer to you and that we'll just love you and glorify you more with our lives. We thank you and lift up this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, as we get into this passage, we'll see a, a pattern. If you look at your Bibles and look on the screen, we'll see in verses 1, 2, and 4 a call or a command to give thanks and praise. There are seven words and, phrase, and phrases in this psalm that are imperatives or commands. The words shout, serve, come, know, enter, give thanks, and bless. Then in verses 3 and 5, we see the reason we give thanks and praise as these verses 3 and 5 focus on who God is in our relationship to him. So let's look again at Psalm 100 and this guide for giving thanks to the Lord. And my hope is that, you know, if this is a guide, sort of like a guide in giving thanks to the Lord, I'm hoping that each of us will be able to, in a sense, fill in the blanks on our own. What are we going to do when this verse says to, like, shout for joy to the Lord? What are we going to do? What are we going to do in each of these different verses so that this psalm becomes, in a sense, like our own prayer and, again, like a guide, a template for giving thanks to him? Okay, so the first way the first way that we can uh, first way we want to look at ways to express and give thanks and praise to the Lord. Okay, the first way we can see in verse 1. It says, "Shout joyfully to the Lord, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth." You know, I was going to really just try to, you know, I imagine, I imagine that, you know, back in the day when they didn't have microphones and amplification, things like that, and they're trying to make people know. I can imagine someone being in a place and just saying, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. That it's not like a quiet thing, but we're declaring something emphatically because we want people to shout joyfully to the Lord. But besides volume, what does it mean to shout joyful to the, joyfully to the Lord? What does it mean in other translations, translations it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord? Now I think um, what a shout sounds like can be, is relative to each of us. Some of us are more expressive and louder, and some of us are not. But more than just volume, I think this is about being unrestrained, unrestrained in how we express praise and thanks to the Lord. Unrestrained, not like you're going wild all the time, but unrestrained in that it's coming from deep within you, from your heart. It's a heart issue. Regarding the word shout, this Bible dictionary that I looked at stated, the word is sometimes used as a shout before or after a battle. So you can imagine, it's not like shout joyfully. It's like, it's intense. You know, it's a battle. It's intense. Okay, this word might also be used as a call to worship at the beginning of a song. So it's real exhorting. But more generally, this word shout is used to simply indicate a joyful exclamation in response to God. A joyful exclamation in response to God. We are responding to God. And we'll see that later on through this passage in Psalm 100. So in our Psalm 100 template, our guide to giving thanks, what would shout joyfully 
to the Lord look like for you and me? How would you do that? It might look different to you than the person sitting next to you and different from me because we're all wired differently. We have different kinds of personalities. But when I think about shouting for joy, you know, I try to, I try to, I'm pretty mellow, I'm pretty introvert, so it's not like I get really excited a lot. But, you know, you go to a sports game, that's when I think about uh, shouting for joy, okay? And, you know, it's like, it's not just verbal, it's like actions too, right? Okay, my favorite experience of this was the 2010 NBA Finals, Game 7. There with about 18,000 plus other people. Ron Artest gets a pass from Kobe Bryant and he sinks a three-pointer that basically sewed up the game. Okay, was it just like this? No, it's like, yeah, yeah! You know, people raising their arms, jumping up and down. It was a great thing. That's what I think about when I think shouting for joy. It's verbal as well as physical action. Now, when I thought about, okay, that's sports. Okay, what about maybe in spiritual sense? We could do that too. We could do that too, shouting for the Lord like that. But I was reminded back in, in a time when I think about shouting for joy to the Lord also. Yeah, raising your hands to the Lord too. I remembered a time when I was a missionary in Japan. So my wife, Carol, two daughters and I were missionaries for 10 years. We lived eight years in Yokohama, Japan. And I taught at this Japanese Baptist school, taught English conversation, also did outreach to the students and staff, and we also, or I had to also give chapel messages. So uh, for my last chapel message, um, it's going to be before, first for the junior high and then the high school students. So like 900 one day, 900 the other day. And, you know, we really wanted to make it a good kind of thing. So before the chapel, uh, the day before the chapel, I, uh, four of us, myself, two other missionaries, and a Japanese uh, Christian teacher got together. We went to the auditorium, something like this. You know, seats about 1,000 people. We got to the auditorium, went on the stage, and we, we prayed for that service. Lord, move the hearts of the students, move the hearts of the teachers, bring revival to Kanto Gakuin. And um, we prayed, and after, after we prayed, I was reminded that this Japanese Baptist school, it's over 100 years old. And one of the things that I heard during World War II, the school existed. I heard that during World War II, the Japanese government forced the students and teachers to give a bonsai cheer for the emperor, you know? Because the emperor at the time was considered to be a god, and so they had to, in a sense, give praise to this guy they thought was a god, but it's not a god. And they'd do bonsai, they'd raise their hands. You know, if you watch the Japanese movies or movies about World War II, I don't know, I didn't see Midway if they did anything like that, but um, they'd go bonsai three times, raise their hands, things like that. And they would yell, basically saying, long live the emperor. That's what they meant. And so now fast forward, we're on the stage at this auditorium. We just prayed for the service. The four of us were standing. We stood in a line facing outward. And we decided, Lord, we're going to give a shout to Jesus. Jesus in Japanese is Yesu. Okay, they did bonsai three times and raised their hand. We're going to do something else. So this is what we did. I feel like getting three more guys up here. Come on, Paul, come on, Kenny. <laughs> Keith, come on. We went like, we went, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yesu, Yesu, Yesu. 
We had goosebumps after that. One of the guys in America said, he thought, oh man, this feels so, it's almost like a good, eerie kind of feeling. It's almost like the Lord's presence came and filled that place. In a sense, we're trying to declare, Lord, where other so-called gods were honored before, no, this is for you, God. We're going to shout our praises to you. So shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Shout joyfully to the Lord, Evergreen SGV. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you watch a game, you hear the radio, you're like, ah. Okay. Mm. Okay. What does it look like for you? What does it mean to shout joyfully to the Lord? If you're writing a note, write, this is what I think I would do. Would I go, hallelujah, praise the Lord? Would I go, yes, Lord? Would I go, woohoo, woohoo, and just go run around and just go, yeah? I mean, aren't there times, maybe it's just me, <laughs> but aren't there times during the worship times here that you just want to let loose and shout and dance and jump up and down and praise God? I figure if we can do that for our favorite sports teams, why wouldn't we do this for Jesus? But I know. <laughs> Afterwards, <laughs> don't look at me up there because I probably won't be doing that, you know? I grew up in a culture where it's like, don't draw attention to yourself. So, but inside, you know, it's like, I feel like, okay, I'm dancing, I'm jumping inside. Dancing and praising God. Hopefully, maybe one day we can do that. You know, I think if there's more people involved, it's a lot easier. You know, when we're at Staples Center, there's 18,000 plus people cheering the Lakers, raising their hands. It's easy to jump up and down and, and just, uh, you know, lift up our shouts of praise. So maybe if we can't do it now, Maybe we can do it in the future on our own. Maybe we can do that in our cars or in our homes when no one else is around or even here in the sanctuary. You know, I do it actually when I leave, the when I leave church sometimes and no one's here. I'll come into the sanctuary and I'll go, hallelujah, like that. <laughs> it's fun. It feels good. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. So write down what you would write in this, if this were a template, a guide for giving uh, thanks to the Lord. Shout for joy to the Lord. What does your unrestrained expression of thanks to the Lord look like? Okay, second point. This verse 2 contains two more imperatives, commands in giving thanks. The first says, serve the Lord with gladness, giving thanks to the Lord through serving. You know, I never thought of serving as an expression of giving thanks, but it makes sense. Doesn't it make sense? Oftentimes when we're grateful for someone, grateful to someone, we want to do something in return, not in the sense of giri, Japanese word for, for obligation, but because we want to do this because out of heartfelt thanks, love, and appreciation for that person. According to the Bible dictionary that I looked at, serving can mean worshiping God. It could mean doing an act of service, or it can also mean obeying God's commands, doing what God asks his people to do. Pastor Jack Hayford from the Church on the Way states this about serving the Lord with gladness. He says this, the attitude of worship is as important as the act of worship. The attitude of worship is as important as the act of worship. This psalm points out several reasons for the exhortation to praise God. The thoughtful worshiper will give the necessary time to meditate on the greatness and goodness of God 
before he begins his verbal outward praise and thanksgiving. Both are necessary, but the spirit-filled person can miss much by failing to maintain the loving attitude of heart worship and giving place only to the outward expression of worship. So not just the outward action of shouting praises, singing, serving, but doing this with the right attitude from what's within our hearts. Out of our love for the Lord, doing these outward actions as we reflect it on who God is, that he is God. The next in verse 2, it says this. It says, come before the Lord with joyful singing. You know, as you look at this, I notice that it doesn't say just come, to Lord, come before the Lord singing, but with joyful singing. Okay, so this means that we sing to the Lord out of love, gratitude, and gladness for him and for what he's done. Maybe a song comes to mind. Uh, just singing, uh, joyful singing might be a loud, fast, more jump up and down type of song, um, but it could also be a mellow, reflective song. I think the first two songs we sang are almost example of that, both joyful songs to the Lord. One is more upbeat, one was more mellow. But it's a joy that reflects the thought, Lord, I'm just glad to be here with you. I'm just glad to be here with you. Or maybe you might just, you know, you just, words start coming to mind, you're just singing on your own a spontaneous worship song to the Lord. Okay, now I've got to admit, some of us like to sing, and some of us do, don't like to sing. Maybe some of us are embarrassed about our voices uh, sounding, not sounding good enough. So do we just cross off and skip come before the Lord with joyful singing? Okay, no. Remember, verse 1 said in some translations, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Okay, remember, it's a heart issue, not a performance issue. It's a heart issue and not a performance issue. The attitude of our hearts, recognizing and remembering who God is, that he loves us, wants to be with us, and in turn, it's like we want to be with him because we're glad he's with us. Then lifting up our songs of worship, praise, and thanks to him. It's like this is our response to the Lord. I know someone, a friend of mine who, you know, I don't know if he likes to sing or not, but one time I remember we we're in this place and instead of singing, I heard him sort of like just saying the words. So he wasn't singing the melody, but he was saying the words. Almost like, I, I guess it's like rapping and praising God. So maybe for some of us, if, we, if carrying a tune is difficult, we could rap and praise God. Just say the words. If it's from our heart, then that's great. I remember um, my dad told me about uh, many years ago when he was little. My dad was the 11th of 13 children in his family. And his older brothers and sisters sometimes could be pretty mean to him. And he told me that when he was younger, some, I think he must have started singing or something, and they said to him, shut up! You know, you can't carry a tune, you can't sing. And as I grew up, I noticed my dad didn't sing. He didn't sing. Many years later, I think when he was in his 60s or maybe 70s, he and my mom went to counseling. For some reason, this, this situation came up where they talked about that he was told he can't sing. And so the counselor said to him, who said you can't sing? And so she told him, find a song that you really like and just practice it. Listen to it and practice it. So my dad chose the song, I Love You, Lord. And I remember my mom and dad came to Japan and visited us. And my dad 
sang that song for us. And you know what? He could sing. It wasn't like, you know, wasn't like this operatic kind of voice, but he can sing. He can sing. So I think it's important that we shouldn't let what other people say get in the way of what the Lord wants us to do. But to be faithful to what the Lord wants us to do. Remember, make a joyful noise to the Lord. We're not all going to sound great, but we're lifting up from our hearts our praise and thanks to the Lord. So let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. Let's come before the Lord with joyful singing. Again, the focus is not on the quality of our voices, but from our hearts. Again, it's a heart issue, not a performance issue. The first two verses in Psalm 100 tell us about ways we can give thanks and praise to God. In verse 3, we'll look at some reasons to do this. Why do we give thanks and praise to God? Okay. Verse 3 begins, Know that the Lord himself is God. We can give thanks to the Lord not only for what he has given us or what, he's, we, what we've seen happen in a day, we can give thanks to the Lord for who he is. If you look at this word, it says, he, um, know that the Lord, he, know that the Lord himself is God. It could just say, know that the Lord is God, but the himself, and some of translations say, know that the Lord, he is God. It's emphasizing that this is the one. He is the Lord. He is God. There's no one else besides him. He's the only true God. In your template on giving thanks to the Lord, what would you write in this line where it says, know that the Lord himself is God? What would you write as far as what you would do. For me, what came to mind is John 17.3. John 17.3. And maybe as I thought about, know that the Lord himself is God, maybe I would pray this verse, John 17.3. i say, thank you, Lord, that you give me eternal life. Thank you that Jesus, because of your son Jesus, that I can put my faith and trust in him and have this eternal life. Thank you, God, that you are the only true God and thank you that I can have this relationship with you. So it could just even be something like that. The second point for the reasons we give thanks and praise to the Lord is, uh, again, in verse 3, where it says, It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. <clears throat> so we can give thanks to the Lord for who he is and for who he has made us to be. Okay, in this day and age where people are trying to define themselves by, in this day and age where people are trying to define who they are themselves or where people define themselves by how other people say who they are, this verse is saying God made us. He defines us. We are who he says we are. So in our template for giving thanks to the Lord for this verse, we might pray, at least this is, at least this is what came up for me, Psalm 139. He who made us. When I think of being made by the Lord, I think of Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14. And again, we could pray this. We could pray this verse. We could say, Lord, thank you that you formed me, that you formed all of me. Thank you that you wove me together to make me who I am when I was in my mother's womb. Thank you, God, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Somehow, I'm wonderful wonderfully made in your sight. Lord, I don't always feel so wonderful, but Lord, help me to see how I'm wonderful in your sight. Help my soul, my spirit, help me to know that deep in my heart. So we can sort of pray something like that as part of this, this part of it, 
of <clears throat> that he who has made us. So God made each of us. He made us in our own unique and different way to belong to him. We are his. To be part of his family, each with a unique personality and gifting to be part of this body of Christ. Okay, the third reason in verse 3, it says, We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This part repeats again the emph uh, for emphasis that we belong to the Lord. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Okay, as we heard before, sheep need a shepherd to survive. The shepherd guides, protects, leads, provides, cares for, leads the sheep to water, leads the sheep to places to eat, basically takes care of the needs of the sheep. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. He also describes himself as the good shepherd who knows his own and whose own know him. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. In, in Jesus as the good shepherd and his sheep relationship, there's this very close, caring, knowing each other kind of relationship. So in this template, if we were making this guide from Psalm 100 of giving thanks to God, what can we put in this area? Maybe we can give thanks to Jesus for being our good shepherd, that he knows us, and that as sheep, we know that we can know him, we can know his voice, that he cares for us, protects us, guides us, leads us. Now let's look at verse 4 in Psalm 100. Okay, we see more ways to express and give thanks and praise to the Lord. Okay, so back to ways we can express and give thanks and praise to the Lord. Besides, shout joyfully, serve the Lord, come before him. Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving or with a thank offering and his courts with praise. For me, what comes to mind as I think about this verse would be thanking the Lord and praising him that we are even able to come into his presence. I mean, if we didn't know Jesus, you know, we wouldn't want to come into his presence. But knowing Jesus, he welcomes us into the presence of God. Thanking, we could use this time to thank God for sending his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and our shame. And because of our confession of faith in Jesus, we have this restored relationship with God, and therefore we could come into his presence. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22 I think sort of sum this up. Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living, new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into God's, into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience, consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So because of Jesus, we can enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The end of Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Give thanks to him, bless his name. So we can give thanks to him. 
Again, we can, we can thank him again for who he is and what he's done for us. We can also just spend this time expressing whatever we're thankful for to the Lord. That's been happening. And then the last portion says, bless his name. We're again called to bless or to praise the Lord for who he is. Psalm 100, our guide for giving thanks, ends with verse 5. And more reasons to give thanks and praise to the Lord. So back to Roman numeral 2. For those of you who have that notes, it's actually Roman numeral 1. <laughs> I'll explain that later. <laughs> Verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. So we know the Lord's God. He's made us. We are his people. And then it says, For the Lord is good. This can be a time to remember the Lord's goodness in our lives, maybe in the past or even now in the present. Maybe this can be remembering. If we have like a spiritual history of how the Lord, ways we've remembered how the Lord has worked in our lives, we can remember that spiritual history and, and just remember what, and seen, what we've seen the Lord do over the years and give thanks to him for that. And then verse 5 continues. His loving kindness is everlasting. God's love his covenant faithfulness, his commitment to his people is eternal and forever. So that when we confess our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and grow in that relationship with him, we can know and experience his unending love. The love from the Lord will continue even on now and through eternity, even after we die and leave this earth. We can thank God for his loving, that his loving kindness is everlasting and for his promises, and his promise especially, that he's with us all the time, always, forever, from now through eternity. End of verse 5 says, And his faithfulness to all generations. In our guide of giving thanks to God, this might be a time to give thanks and praise to God for the ways that we've seen God's faithfulness in our lives and maybe in the lives of our, our past descendants as well. His faith, maybe we could look at also his faithfulness in our family now. And I think of it too, as even as a time to pray uh, about the future, even for our family and our future descendants, that we will be a people. I mean, you know, this is a prayer I pray for, for my family and for our church family, that we will be a people who love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, like it says in Mark 12, 30. That we will be a people who serve God, that we'll be a people who glorify God with our lives individually, in our marriages, in our family, in our church. As we've looked at Psalm 100, this template, this guide for how we might express our thanks and praise to God, we saw ways that we can express and give thanks to the Lord. Shouting, serving, coming before him, entering his gates, giving thanks, blessing his name. And the reason that we give thanks and praise to the Lord, knowing who he is, knowing who we are according to the Lord, seeing and remembering what God has done. We talked about thanksgiving and praise not just coming from our mouths, but from our hearts, 
Again, for our words would be empty without the right attitude of our hearts. So knowing this, as we come before the Lord with our thanksgiving and praise, for these, those of you that have the outline, we need to switch Roman numeral one and Roman numeral two. It's, it's right on your outline, by the way. Okay. The re I think that if we know the reasons we give thanks and praise to God, if we know that in our head, if we know the reasons we give thanks and praise to God, if we know that the Lord, he is God, if we know the Lord made us, if we know we are his people, if we know the Lord is good, if we know the Lord's loving kindness is everlasting, that he's faithful to all generations, if we know these things in our head and in our hearts, I think it's that we'll most likely be able to more easily express our thanks and praises to God in the second part, the ways we can express and give thanks and praise to the Lord. That we, that we can shout joyfully, serve the Lord with gladness, come before the Lord with joyful singing, enter his gates with thanksgiving, come before him with praise, give thanks and bless his name. So, as, for, I want each of us to remember this. That as remember that the Lord, he is God. The Lord made us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. The Lord is good. The Lord's loving kindness is everlasting. He is faithful to all generations. If you use Psalm 100 as your template, your guide in giving thanks and praise to the Lord, what's on your template? Not what's in your wallet. What's on your template? What's on your guide for how you would use this psalm to express your words of appreciation and thanks and praises to the Lord? How will you shout for joy to the Lord all the earth? So like you read that and then you do it. Yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, or whatever you do. How will you make a joyful noise to the Lord? How will you serve him with gladness? How will you come before the Lord with joyful singing? How will you enter his gates with thanksgiving? How will you come before him with praise? How will you give thanks to him? How will you bless his name? Each time we go through this, each time we do this, it might not look the same. We might choose different ways to express those different areas. And it won't look the same for me and you and people around us. We'll all do it in different ways. But my hope and prayer is that each of us will know the Lord personally and intimately, knowing that the Lord, he is God, and that he is always with us. And because of that, we will want to thank him and praise him in everything, in many different ways, and in every situation. So please join me in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this psalm. Thank you, Lord, for just the ways that as we look at this psalm, there's so many different ways that we can be a people who come to you and thank you and praise you and remember the things that you've done because of who you are who you've made us to be. Lord, I pray 
that we'll be a people who know how to give thanks in everything and who can express our thanks in many different ways. I pray, God, Lord, I know I'm pretty inhibited when I, do, when, I, when I do certain things, but Lord, I pray that we can be unhindered, whether it's privately or in a corporate setting, that we can be unhindered in giving our thanks and praise to you. Lord, that from our hearts, we can thank you and worship you as an expression of our love, trust, and appreciation and thanks for who you are and for all that you've done in our lives. Lord, be glorified in our lives. Be glorified in our families. Be glorified here at our church. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.